Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, welcome to the first full week or full business week, however you say that, of 2023. Last week was a partial week because of Monday being the holiday. So here we are, we're, we're into the first full week of programming on Elijah Streams. We welcome you today. Good to see you all. Um, Merry Christmas is over. Happy New Year's is over. We're moving in onward and upward. So we're going to bring Johnny Enlow on here in just a minute. But before we do that, here's a quick reminder of, the, of what we're sowing, you know, what you're helping sow it. Here we go. I'm here at one of the Water Well Commissioners and it is so much joy. It has been a heavy downpour. But everyone is stuck in their seats, excited about this miracle that is happening right here. Today, the joy, joy, joy is so much. to say thank you so much to everyone that has made this possible. The people right here are overjoyed and they have trusted God for this water well. So we thank you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. That's my favorite. I think that's my favorite spot that we've done so far because that whole village is around. They're celebrating. It's like the big old party. Why? Because they have water in their village. I mean, you can see it with your own eyes. So thank you so much for helping get that done. God bless you. All right. Without further delay, let's bring on Johnny in the unfiltered. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Well, greetings, Johnny Enlo. So you are in another location than your normal location. So good to see you. you're frozen on the screen already. That's fun. <laughs> He's frozen. Uh, can you hear me, Johnny? I can hear you now. Can you hear yeah. me okay? Okay, go for it. I won't interrupt you, so you can just keep going. I'll try not to. <laughs> All right. Well, we are, uh, one of the reasons we're not in our normal place is we're at a location. Elizabeth and I are actually we're about a 12-day kind of prayer retreat time for us. And just for the whole year, just seeking the Lord and spending time with Him. We're really, we've pulled away before for us, but not really just like, we call it for ourselves we're calling it a prayer retreat really to soak in and and just to seek the lord's wisdom for 2023 we have many many things that are that are on our plate many many invitations many many opportunities options and there's a, a real need to just reconnect with the mind of christ and get the wisdom from him on it so it's been a, a real precious time a special time and he's been speaking to me a lot we've been having a lot of uh, conversations. And before I go anymore, Steve, mm -hmm. if you just nod to me, if this is coming out, yeah. understand. Yeah, you're doing good. You're doing good. Excellent. So part of it is the Lord reminding me that <clears throat> what he's called, uh, just what he's called me to do. And, and, um, and so that was just some good conversations that we have. And even what comes out of the prophetic that I share, there is a certain narrative that he wants and, you know, I was reminding him that 
I've been in, it was in 2016, March of 2016, where he first spoke to me in March of 2016. And he said, you know, Trump is going to win and Trump is going to cause a new dynamic where the world will be known as before and after Trump. Oh. And so, and, and what's amazing that that's seven years. So I was like, Lord, that's seven years. That's seven years that you've had me not back off your narrative there. And he's like, that's exactly what your assignment is. Don't back off a narrative. And so he also you know, made it clear that part of what we're doing on an ongoing basis, I know we've had this conversation as well, Steve, is we want there to be um, a growing in the prophetic, an understanding of prophetic ethos, culture, realities. And so we've done some real practical, uh, we'll say lessons, programs on it. And and he, he was just reminding, and he just made some comments and quotes to me that I that I wrote down. So before I get to, I have a real outrageous prophetic word. And the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit told me it's an outrageous prophetic word, but he wants, wants me to give it. But I want to preface it with what I'm going to say uh, with this right here. So I wrote down a quote that he was giving me during these days. That I'm not interested in having famous prophets. I'm interested in all my children being prophetic. Good. Prophets are to be examples of what can be and to be equippers of the saints to do what they are doing. So you gain faith and understanding through watching those who, who prophesy and speak, but he really is not interested in there being um, the old Testament level prophets. Now this can be controversial, but I'm going to explain it the way he's saying it. Uh, he's like, he doesn't want any prophet being too shiny. And that's that's interesting to say it that way. And he says, you know, if it is, he will even help and knock the polish off. Um, and because the the model for New Testament prophesying and New Testament prophets is just way different than the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, we've shared this before. You know, there's the reality that we now have Jesus and we can invite Jesus in. We have the Holy Spirit that was sent from the Father to be our teacher and our counselor. They didn't have those options in the Old Testament. So there was a need for the prophet to be highlighted. There wasn't even the existence of, uh, of the full scriptures like we have them now. There's nothing on the life of Jesus for sure. So we have so many more tools, so much more access to process. Wow. And so there is a need for, for us to learn to each uh, steward words of God for ourselves, And so he's just pointing out, and I was looking through the New Testament on the prophets, and they are there. If anybody didn't know, there's, uh, you know, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 prophets listed in different places. But guess why you don't know their name is because that's part of the new dynamic of the New Testament. Prophets weren't famous. They weren't too shiny. They, they filled a place. They had an assignment. They were to equip the saints. Um, but he's, he's not trying to have those who are replacements for having a personal relationship with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. So this is just something important as we, as we, as we go on that we understand. Um, so he said no prophet. He doesn't want prophets that are so shiny they're stealing from attention to himself. So. 
it's always in an assistance to the body of Christ as they hear from God uh, himself. Then he spoke to me and said, you know, many of the prophetic words, you know, on the on the topic, I said, so what about vindicating the prophets, the prophets who've gone on on a out in a limb on these last few years on uh, outcomes? He's like, well, many of those prophetic words are going to be vindicated. Uh, many of the prophets will be vindicated by what gets revealed. What is progressively being revealed has already done a lot of vindication. We'll say things we were saying a couple of years ago regarding the vaccines, the COVID, a bunch of other things have been proven to be true. Um, but, he, but he said he only wants a platform advanced. Um, if, only if he wants a platform advanced will he grant excess favor. Uh, uh, you know, these, this is just, uh, let, me, let me just keep talking about this for a yeah. moment. Um, and so it's not about love and it's not about whether he has love for a prophet, but one who is reproducing, equipping and not seeking his or her own. And he shared that prophet's vindication is in heaven or in history. It's either in heaven or in history. And so that our assignment, this is a reminder to me, and I'm just sharing that as well. It's like, I have what he's asking of me, and that is what I am, that is what I, what I am to do. And he was giving me the examples I've shared before of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, you know, those would be the three biggest prophet, prophet names, the three biggest books of the Old Testament. And um, we really, if you understand the nature of what they prophesied, we've shared it before. For all their big stuff, they 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 didn't get vindication soon enough. We'll say, well, there's Jeremiah who prophesied for 40 years before something happened. And so for 40 years, for four decades, he is considered um, a false prophet multiple times, many times. And, and he suffers consequences from it. Ezekiel, there is a similarity to that. Many of their things were for, for about things that would be hundreds of years uh, in the future. Same with Daniel. Isaiah was prophesying Cyrus 150 years before he showed up. He's multiply prophesied the Messiah in Jesus. And so if you understand that, the, the teaching part for us is being a prophet, prophesying is not about telling, uh, you know, challenging the psych network and, and psychic network and figuring out how you can be the crystal ball for people. There's an assignment from the Lord. So it's a reminder to me, but in this reminder, there's a teaching for those called to be prophets or prophesying. You, your assignment is to obey him, is to obey what he says, to give his message, his narrative. And then if he wants you validated, if he wants you vindicated, if he wants your platform to grow for whatever reason, fine. But he's also not going to want you too shiny. He's not going to want you to be the voice that people then stop seeking the Lord on their own um, because they're going they're going after your voice. Even Samuel was not vindicated about his, you know, he anointed David and prophesied that, but he was gone before he saw the fulfillment of that. So this is just um, for us to be be aware of. There was no famous prophets after Jesus showed up. John the Baptist was the last one, and uh, there is no other iconic prophet after John the Baptist, no other iconic prophet after uh, Jesus gave his life, after the Holy Spirit was sent. So this is just part of understanding proper uh, prophetic culture. This is super important, the equipping of the saints that we can all hear, we can all do amazing things, and um, 
and we're going to we're going to see just a great release as in uh, Acts chapter two. I will pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters. They will prophesy. You know, when I will do it on my prophets, it was on my sons and daughters. So we're, we're looking to see a culture of the prophetic released body wise uh, across the body church wise. And this is part of part of what we're all about. So I wanted to um, share that and then remind uh, he gave me another description of even what prophets are often doing. It's like, well, why? Yeah. Why don't they say things clear? Why doesn't it happen clear? Again, if you just remember, even these Old Testament prophets, it was very, um, a lot of their prophetic words were very unclear. And if you, if you, it's amazing if you read what Matthew, Matthew would keep trying to point out, and it was fulfill what the prophet so-and-so say, and you, you hear what the prophet said and how he interpreted it, you're like, what? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Hey, Johnny, let me just answer a second. I've got to step away for a couple minutes, so I'll be right back. But keep keep going, okay? okay. I'll keep going. So, so the prophets, you know, they uh, they don't. They're not designed to give you the precise one hundred percent picture. Again, crystal ball picture of reality and and answer certain specific questions. There's there's a call from the Lord that they have to to advance you. And the terminology I get is often what prophets will give you and a prophetic word will give you kind of the artist's rendition of. You understand that that terminology, the artist's rendition of, you know, there's artist rendition of even if it's of, you know, a thief or somebody that's they're, they're looking for. There's an artist's rendition of what a person describes him as. And so sometimes people go, wow, that was very, very similar. And others like, well, that that didn't look like you know, whenever they apprehend them or whatever. But that's what you're going to get from the uh, the prophetic is an artist's rendition of. So often, what does that mean? It often will mean that 80 or 90 percent, perhaps, of a true prophetic word will will have amazing, um, you know, the representation, the manifestation of it will be amazing. But there will be aspects of it where it will not have uh, have been as precise and exact. And when that happens, it doesn't mean someone just didn't really give a prophetic word, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm doing just a little bit of teaching on prophetic culture as well, right before I get into uh, the main part of what the Lord was speaking. But in doing what he's doing and reminding me of my part, I want to just tell part of the narrative that I am insisting on because he is insisting on. I've just told you it's for seven consecutive years that I have been prophesying that president, that Trump would win. And that even though I wasn't allowed to for the first six months, I was not allowed really to tell anybody except a couple people behind the scenes. I was not allowed to tell till the week before the election that President Trump was uh, going to win even that election, which he supposedly only had about a 10 or 15 percent chance of uh, of doing. And so there there's a narrative that hasn't changed and the narrative that hasn't changed. The world will be known as before and after. There's a rescue plan from heaven. And this is where it gets confusing. Even there's arguments going on right now. People like, I don't believe in that there is a rescue plan. Don't believe. No, it's just up to us. Um, and they do that as some are, are interested in, in laying out that sort of narrative because they want the body of Christ to be activated into doing something. I'm for that. You know, the Seven Mountain message is all about the body of Christ being activated into every area of society be salt and light Monday through Friday or Saturday, not just in church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's it. But this, there's a uniqueness to this rescue operation from heaven. 
It's not a rescue operation where we do nothing. It's a participatory rescue operation. So it's a rescue operation, just like the Red Sea operation. It's not like the Lord came down and rescued them out of Egypt. He didn't send helicopters into Egypt. They had to leave. They had to tear down camp. They had to leave jobs. They had to leave family members that wouldn't come. And they had to move forward. And there was a timeline. They had to march when it was time to march. They had to, you know, get into the Red Sea when it was time to get into the Red Sea. So there was a cooperative nature uh, to what they were doing. And that's the part that's similar today. Uh, we've shared that as well. The Second Chronicles 20 uh, storyline of Jehoshaphat. When they got the battle is the Lord's, you will not have to fight. But it didn't say they didn't have to go anywhere because it was like tomorrow you will go into the battlefield. You will go where the enemy is, but the Lord will fight for you. But it was never just sit and wait for a rescue operation from heaven. It wasn't like sitting and waiting for the rapture. So those who are, are concerned that by calling it a rescue operation, we're encouraging passivity. We are not encouraging passivity. There is a part, there is a cooperation. Even when the Lord said, I'm going to go before you, and I mean, Deuteronomy 7 is like, I'm going to take, you're going to take on seven nations greater and mightier than you. And he says, but you shall not say they're greater and mightier than you, for I will go before you and I'll take them out. But he didn't take them out until they did their part. They had to arrive on the scene. They had to show up. So this is a part of the narrative. The Lord wants me to make sure I'm making clear for us. And, and as part of my assignment is, this is a rescue operation. He's still going to do what he said he's going to do. He's still, it's still a Cyrus call and anointing that's on President Trump. And there is a rescue of, of the world economy, particularly is a big deal coming out of this, right when the enemy is attempting uh, to do his own things. And so here's a, just a brief reminder uh, about some things. And, and these are things that, uh, that came to me prophetically and so I share from that perspective, not there is the provable nature of them from what we know in reality. But in 2001 was the it was a time the enemy, the Lord began to speak to me how the enemy has been trying to kill the world economy for some time. It's the enemy. Why does he want to kill the economy? Because then he can enslave and control and depopulate. That's been the assignment for a long time. So. As far back in memory as he's telling me is 2001, and it was around Rosh Hashanah, it was 911. And so that, you know, the market lost like $5 trillion in a day. Yeah. Or two, if mm. you remember what happened. And I wrote in my book from 2010, The Joseph Mantle, I wrote how the Lord showed me it was a rescue operation that stopped it, that the enemy was trying to destroy it. And even the Lord, uh, laid out the picture before us. If you remember uh, what was on the front page of USA Today was Captain Sully, the plane that almost crashed into Wall Street, but there was a rescue. And so they were able to land the plane right before Wall Street into the water, the Hudson Bay, the Hudson River there. And there was 153 passengers lined up on the wings there. And 153 tied in with, connected with what Peter fished there was 150 large fishes after he fished all night until the Lord showed up until they cast the net to the other side. He couldn't, he couldn't catch him. And, and the Lord said there would be 153 sheep nations and that the rescue operation from heaven was on behalf of these 
153 sheep nations, and then you have 153 people on the wings of the plane, the Captain Sully. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And so this is a reminder of this ongoing narrative from, from a while. So that was in, in 2001. And then in 2008, exactly seven years later, Rosh Hashanah, the market dropped 777.7, which at that time was hmm. a that was September 29th. It was Rosh Hashanah seven years later, 2008. And it was another attempt. Uh, well, actually, the first one I'm telling you about, the, the market drop, 777, was in 2008. The 2001 was the 911, which also decimated. I, I, I mixed in the story, but you all know them. 2001 was the 911 scenario. The 2008 was the 777 drop. But the part, if the numbers are confusing you, there was an attempt by the enemy to kill the world economy for the purposes of what he's trying to do even now again, mm. which is depopulate, enslave. See, if he kills the world economy, then everyone becomes beggars. And so you have to you can only live off what the government gives you and the government doesn't give you unless you abide by their rules. And in their rules, then you get into things like vaccinations and other control measures that depopulate. So back to. 2008, Rosh Hashanah, 777. It was exactly this number 777. I've been, I was sharing from my book, Seven Mountain uh, Mantle, the Joseph Mantle from back in 2010. I shared that this represented the intervention of God, 777, the seven spirits of God. Mm. Seventh day, he rested. So this was God intervening that he, he told me, he says, if I didn't rescue the world economy, they would have killed it. That's what they tried to do, that he did it. I don't know exactly who he used and how it happened, but that's what he did. But from that date, if you go seven years, seven, ma seven months, seven weeks, and seven days, that's when the Brexit vote took place. And that was yet another attempt of the enemy to take over the world economy and ditch it again to knock it down. So the Brexit vote, Again, seven years, seven months, seven weeks, seven days after Rosh Hashanah, where the market fell 777.7, then four sevens again. Okay. That the Brexit um, vote that surprised um, the world. And, and the point of that was not that it brought in the kingdom economy, but it delayed what the enemy was trying to do to kill. They really were trying to kill. They were going to use it to manipulate uh, the world economy in a way. And so, yeah, even the market then I think lost $3 trillion. And then they, I was just looking at the news from back then. That was two, that was June 23 of 2016, seven years ago. And it was like, this is going to be worse than 2008 and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what also happened in 2016, of course, that's, that's the year where the Lord spoke to me about Trump. And then when it was the year five, seven 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 on the hebraic calendar and that's when trump actually won in november the election and then his first full day in office president trump was 70 years old seven months and seven days old Gee. so seven seven sevens so for those you know there's some have gotten discouraged they're saying well there's people bashing saying q didn't really do this and forget there was a real q and it's a real thing and it's happening going to happen but i want to tell you the macro, the
the meta narrative connected to God. And he's throwing his numbers out there in a big way. And the 777s have been there for a while. So this is a rescue operation to take out the mafia of the world. And he's doing it. We're involved in it. There are delays. We haven't properly known exactly where all the details are. As I said, a prophetic word is often like an artist's rendition. I, well, while you were out, Steve, I was sharing how the Lord shared with me that it's good for people to know that like when you write something, it's an artist's rendition of that. A lot of times the prophetic comes out like that. Even what Matthew would talk about, so-and-so, the prophet Isaiah said that you're like, man, that must be an artist's rendition of because that was not exactly the way um, he said it, but that just helps us in, in understanding because he's not trying to just give us uh, straightforward, black and white, easy answers. He's trying to teach us how to hear from him and then just kind of okay. get the ballpark in the in the right um, narrative. So we are we are in this time and the part that doesn't change. I want people to understand the part that doesn't change. This is a rescue operation and it's a rescue operation where he's removing the world mafia. And it's a rescue operation where he is bringing in a new economy, an economy that he knows is not going to mean people don't get greedy and sin and all that kind of stuff. But it takes out the controllers from where they've been. And he's going to um, he's going to bring us into uh, a better a better day for purposes of understanding. Trump still has his Cyrus call and anointing. He's been working on it. He's been working on it behind the scenes. He worked on it openly. The world will be known as before and after Trump because of how the Lord uses him. Like you said of Cyrus, I will take you by your right hand. He has been taking him by his right hand. He's going to do things. And there's going to be what's called the QFS, a quantum financial system that operates on entirely different premises. Right now, there is another seven years later. Yes, the bad guys are trying to bring in a whole new economy that ultimately decimates the world and allows for their processes of enslavement and depopulation. That's it's pretty simple what they've been about, how to enslave us so they can depopulate us. So that's the battle. That's the battle we're in. And God's going to uh, God's going to win in, in all that. So now I want to go to uh, the prophetic word. The Lord is um, uh, is given is given is told me to give for today. And let's see where I've got this written down. All right. I'm going to have to open my laptop because <laughs> I originally had this on my other notes. Um, but we'll find it right here. Okay. Right. Oh, I have it written here. Here we go. Yeah. So. The outrageous prophetic word that the Lord gave me um, is that we are going to go into, wait a minute, this is not it right here. I have it written, there we go. The world, the whole world is going to become an upper room. And that begins to happen now. And right so, now. Right now. The whole room, the whole world becomes an upper room. And this is just such an amazing thing that that he is saying. Oh, man, I got so much on this from the Lord. It's amazing. And um, 
And so he gave me this line that I think it was part of a movie, but it was a crazy movie. And I don't recommend the movie. It has nothing to do with it. But the attached word was everything, everywhere, and all at once. And, and so this is something the Holy, Holy Spirit is saying. And this is the part where I want to uh, uh, bring some more teaching, instruction, and encouragement for us out of it as we understand uh, what, what he's doing. Because we're going um, uh, to share some, some more details as it relates to that. There's something else that God was saying. If the same thing that Joseph told his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So that, that line right there, everyone remember what man or the devil has meant for evil during this time, God has meant for good. That would have done us good. You know, the storyline of Joseph and his brothers, they betrayed him and, you know, they they were going to kill him. Only one stood up for him. They decided not to kill him. They put blood on his clothes and then showed mm. his dad and said, we've killed him. And so, you know, it's 13 years later when they run up with him. And, and then when they find out that Joseph is now ruling, they are afraid. They're scared to death because he, he tells them, I am Joseph. And they're like, oh, my goodness, he's going to have us killed. And he says, oh, no, 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 it wasn't you. He literally says, it wasn't you. It was God. Now, for us to be able to interpret and translate things as it wasn't you, it was God, you know, they, they clearly conspired. They were clearly mad. They were fed up with his dreams. And yet um, he told them it wasn't you, it was God. He knew there was going to be a need for me to be in a position of influence here in Egypt because they were starving. They were going to starve as well. And so he, he let them fully know. But the, the willingness from his heart not to hold on to it, not to think through mm. what he went says it wasn't you it was god it wasn't you it was god but there is an aspect of this that god wants us to to all take as it relates to even people in our life situations think of that it what was meant for evil by man god meant for good and so there is positioning all around the globe taking place and this back to this thing of of the upper room you know the way the lord speaks to me steve you you know it's uh there's strange, it's strange ways and not strange ways, but I was, I had just gotten that, that everywhere is going to be an upper room. So the upper room is Acts chapter two, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to hit that uh, briefly in just a moment. But, um, you know, right after I got that word and wrote it down, I found this song. I don't know if Elizabeth was listening to whatever. It's a brand new song released by Carrie Job, and it's called The Dove. And, and, it's, and it has a line, make this place an upper room. And, and so we've listened to it over and over. And it's like, it's so interesting that Carrie Jo, you know, a couple of years ago, she had the, it wasn't just her that produced it, but um, the, the song, um, how's it go? The blessing on your children, your, their children and their children forever. It's like the Lord, it was a, it was a theme song, anthems oh. for us in the body of Christ. There's over a hundred million uh, views and watches around around the world and was translated into multiple languages and all that kind of stuff. And so I think she has something else, but the song is called The Dove and she sings about the dove and the dove came and the dove. And then I was I went to the grocery store here where we're staying, went by myself and it's always a little dangerous when I go. Um, Elizabeth knows, she never knows what I'm going to pick up all of a sudden. <laughs> Sounds like me, man. 
<laughs> a few extra goodies that don't normally get in the bag usually follow me home. Well, Steve, that was betting what you just said because yeah. I was like a little bit of chocolate. So I grabbed me a bag of uh, Dove. As it says Dove, you know Dove's chocolates, which I right. which I like a lot. And so I hadn't thought of it ahead of time, but I just listened to her song, The Dove. And then I grabbed some Dove chocolate and I go, you know, my soap, that's soap. I don't like the soap. So I grabbed me a, 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 a soap as well there. And it was Dove soap. So next thing I All go, right. wow, the Lord just said the whole world's about to be an upper room. And then I hear Carrie Job's The Dove. Then I get some Dove chocolate. Then I get some Dove soap. I'm like, OK, I get this. I get this. This is this is how I like to hear from um from from god as as well so there is um um i don't know uh, i've been talking even though it sounds like i there was interruption i was just trying to figure out how, how i'm going to say what i'm about to say there's part of me in these hours that i've had with the lord i've been walking on the beach and just you know in some ways just looking for understanding i've had had more time you know i didn't I didn't really want to be on call, even when I started three years ago, um, having uh, a lot of prophetic words and being called on for what's going on with the COVID and all that, because we're almost three years into that uh, stage already, I guess. And I was like, I was in a position where I was going to, uh, you know, Lord, I need a few months off. I've been traveling around the world, the nations and just doing stuff. I want to just take a little time off and have a sabbatical. And the Lord's like, you're not having a sabbatical. You're going to, I've given you overflow. You're going to speak out of overflow for wow. the next. And, and I didn't know how long it was going to continue to, uh, uh, to go. And so, um, it's, so it's been good like to have these days of just uh, being able to process with him at a, at, in, in, a, in a deeper kind of way. But he's, he's, uh, he's given me more understanding of, of the things that I was, I was needing to, to hear him on. But um, where I was going with that is one of the things I just was revisiting words because I, I, I do that revisit. So what you spoke, because I was like, it's been seven years, Lord. And I was like, are you still saying that? And he's like, uh, it was almost an insult to him. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, how many times you got to be told and how many ways? And then it reminded me all the, you know, the signs and, and words that he gave. And uh, I gave two. Uh, two uh, Rosh Hashanahs ago, a prophetic word that we're going back to Eden, that uh, the name of the word was back to Eden, as opposed to back into slavery or something like that. Right. And so that this is the direction that this whole thing is going. And I said, as a sign, there will be an unheard of 8.9 or 9 earthquake in Antarctica. And and so there was. And I have, I you know, we've showed that to you before. And I was like, it won't even be on some of the the regular earthquake um, those who, who, uh, you know, follow it, well, they, they won't even show it, but I, I did have a graph that actually showed it and all that. Yeah. So it was, that was just within a it's few. True. I saw that. Yeah. USGS didn't record it, but others that had equipment did record it. And we, you showed that. Yeah. So, and that was, that was a word again, we're, we're even sharing with people. There's been, it's not just one word we're going on. It is sequence of words, word okay. after the word, where he's he's been saying where we're headed to and people need to know even i had the process with the lord um i don't know how many of you remember 2012 2012 was the year 
it was an intense year for me because the Lord had me on assignment again. He says, I want you to cast down every prophetic word that says this is the end. We're wrapping it up. We're about to go under Antichrist. And I didn't know how much stuff that was, you know, how much that was going to be needed for me because um, then it came out that the Mayan prophecies end, you know, in December of, of 2012. And so I remember having to contend on my Facebook page, which was primarily how I got my um, media out, social media, and people were like, how come you're the only prophet saying, and there's these books out by these guys and they're sold a million and, and they're saying mm. the end now when we're about to, I said, I said, get back with me November 1st when none of the things that they've said it would happen. Well, and everyone that ever comes up with dates of when it's going to end, they're going to sell a million too. So it's like, that's not, you know, that's, uh, yeah. So duh, it sold a million. Yeah. What's new, you know? <laughs> so that, that was just, that was normal. So there's been, I've had to, um, you know, it's just a revisiting of what the Lord wants from me. It's like, I give you a message, you give it. I may or may not vindicate you on earth. I may or may not let you it be proven at that time. That's up to me. It's my call. You're doing this for me. And it's, and he's reminding me the, the prophets and prophetic voices again from the old Testament, they had no assurance. And it's like, Jonah, no recorded prophecies ever, <laughs> ever were fulfilled. And as I said before, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Samuel, they're anywhere from little delay to huge delay. That's not why you do it. You don't do it because I was like, Lord, I just don't really want to. At some moment, I was like, I don't want to prophesy anymore until you go ahead and make it clear on the ones I did say. He's like, that's 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 not your call. It's not your assignment. Your assignment is to obey me and do what I say to do, and I've given you a general narrative, and I, there's a narrative I want you to stick with. And so I want I want people to be um, aware of this, but as I was asking him again, and I was just pressing in to the Lord, and then there's a point where I, I felt like I was pressing into the courtroom of, of heaven. I was like, is there, has this decision been, I need to know, has the decision been rendered that will secure the new economy and that will secure the overthrow of the old guard of government. For those of you who don't want to just hear about if it's Trump's name or whatever, that's ultimately what it's about worldwide. Mm -hmm. The old guard of government being thrown out and his economy triumphing over what the enemy is attempting to do. And the only picture I saw was a gavel. And I kept seeing this gavel, gavel. I was like, okay, gavel means a decision's been made. And went there straight back um, home. And Elizabeth has somehow found a prophetic word that was just put out by Bobby Connors. I think he was on Sid Roth. Yeah. And I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Did you see about the gavel? Yeah. About, and I was like, Elizabeth, that's what I was just out there with the Lord. And he just showed me a gavel that the decision has been made. So the decision for the rescue, for the new thing, for the move of God, that's already made. So the rest of it is we're just fitting in with his timing and what he wants to do uh, and how he wants to, how he wants to do it all. So here's, man, I see time flies when you have a lot, a lot yeah, to do. And I haven't fun too. So by the way, <laughs> that word where he had a gavel, we're going to have him on in the next week or two. I don't know the exact date, but he, when, when God gives him that word about the gavel, and I'm not going to give any specifics here, but I'm just saying when he gives him a gavel word, he realizes that God had given him that exact word like, 10 12 years earlier than that a, a bunch earlier he didn't and he had even totally forgotten he goes what are you talking about lord and god said oh and i'll tell you this part i won't say, say any i'm not going to do any spoilers so god says google 
and he gave him the phrase to look up that included the word gavel. And he Googles it and up comes an Elijah list publishing of his word on the gavel like 13 years later or earlier or something. So crazy stuff, though. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. It was like on a, it was on a Rosh Hashanah. Like you said, I can't remember, 12 or 14 years ago or whatever. Yeah. So it's important for everybody here, those who need encouragement on is, you know, forget about whether you're encouraged or not by what you think General Flynn is or not saying. And, and you know, there's so much uh, uh, smoke and mirrors and, yeah. and, and, and uh, an information battle and war and cue and not cue. We're telling you the narrative of the Lord what he's been saying for some time and what's been clearly uh, revealed and manifested in that kind of, that kind of way. So here's the deal. Um, back to this pro prophetic word. And I'm, when I'm looking over here, I'm looking over my notes and I know they'll, as they can in just a moment, put some on the screen. But as I said, I was like, Lord, that's an outrageous prophecy that the whole world would be coming up a room. And he's uh -huh. like, I was like, that's part of my thing. It's like, why would I tell an outrageous prophetic word? And he says, everything, everywhere, and all at once. And, and by that, it doesn't mean an upper room just means it's, it's available. An upper room is available. You know, the people right beside the upper room, it says the whole house was filled with something, but the house, uh, uh, the house beside it was not. So even if the whole world, he's making it an upper room, there's a reason why he's making it an upper room. And so it means there's something available and he began to uh, speak to me that I believe already, but we're going to that China, Indonesia, the Philippines and India. Just remember these four very populous countries, China, Indonesia, Philippines and India are going to explode with Holy Spirit. fire. And we we may hear more about the explosion of this upper room dynamic from those places. We may or may not hear it first. It's available all over. I think it's already happening in little pockets here in the United you know, States. Unless anyone, anyone missed that, the populations of China and India alone must be something like four-sevenths of the, or four-eight, half of the Earth's population at least in those two countries alone. So it's not like, well, here it's four countries. It's like these four countries. You're right. That is over half the world by just na naming those two those two nations and and so we have to just keep that in our minds just about china you know we we have so much uh and, and it's proper to think of the united states and whatever are around 300 million but there's like a billion more people more than a billion more people in china than in the united states and so he really cares about what's going on there he knows they're under uh, extreme lockdown part of what the lord's had me do i've been going through the book of acts just when the holy spirit broke out what was it like there just to be reminded again and it was you know it was it was a dim and dire reality for uh, the jews people in general poverty control control was at every turn there wasn't freedom constitutions there wasn't even fake democracies it was restriction reduction and what did the holy spirit bring was an amazing, uh, amazing freedom. So that's why he's been, even I spoke last time, this attention on the number 50, because 50, there's 50 days after, for those who don't know, it's 50 days after the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter two, and they were to wait in the upper room. And so the disciples went there 
And the Lord said, listen, I've discipled you for three and a half years. Don't go anywhere until you get empowered till the Holy Spirit has come on you. And so they went up there and they waited days and days. And then ultimately there was around 120 there. We know Peter was was speaking to when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter two. And the New Testament church was birthed from that right in the midst of lockdown right in the midst of control. Their average atmosphere was an atmosphere of absolute control. And it was, they had like three layers of it. They had the layer of the Romans because they were under Roman occupation. Then they had Herod. He was like the, the sub under, under Rome. And then they had the high priests and the high priests were able to, you know, scribes, Sadducees, high priests. They were the ones that were able to control um, the people on behalf of even Herod. And so there was mm. this triple control going on and, and, and no, um, no good thing coming to them. And it was filled with poverty the time. And um, so here's the scripture. So I'm going to read some things out of Acts and, and, you know, this is designed to encourage all as well as yeah, now you've seen my Bible pages move like you normally don't see, but that's fine too. And, and this is a key part for us. Acts chapter one, verse seven, because in verse five, he had said, you know, John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, this is after the resurrection. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. So this is important for us. Will you at this time, what are they trying to know? Timing. They're trying to know timing. The Lord just refreshes how this is happening uh, today as well. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And this is a word the Lord saying to us as well. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the father has put his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So this is something he's even telling us now. And this is something, you know, we think of the prophets and the prophetic being there to really tell us times, but here he is, his very own disciples, he's not gonna give him times. And he's like, it's not for you to know the times. Even the time of when he sends the son, he says, I haven't even told the son that. I mean, he's telling him, and that, that's why by that he's telling us, this is timing is on a need to know basis and you don't need to know. Um, that is it. And he's telling us the same thing. It is not for you to know the times. Why? It's not that the prophets aren't smart, uh, you know, anointed enough or whatever. He's not giving it out. He's not giving it out to people who encounter him on a frequent basis. People who've heard audibly from him, people who get taken to heaven, they're not getting it. And, and so the errors when they've, when they've come, you know, it's like, well, this month something's going to happen. A lot of those things, the Lord said, they will be vindicated. Ultimately, you'll find out in these months, certain things happen that were in line with it. There's some prophetic words about the Supreme Court with specificity that some have given. The Lord said, actually, those did happen in that kind of way. And you may or may not find out about it. That's my call if I want to vindicate um, uh, my prophetic words or voices in that kind of way. But it's this, this point over and over. He's not trying to make superhero prophets right now. He's trying for the, he, he wants the prophetic value. He wants it advanced. He wants people to know he's speaking ahead of time on these things. Good. So really good. 
It is not for you to know the times, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that is in, in verse eight. He was like, that's the answer. The answer is for you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit where you will receive power, power to be witnesses to me, power to advance me in society as never before. And then we, we read, of course, the, the Acts chapter two, verse one. You know, there suddenly there was a mighty rushing wind. That's the passage is well known. I'll read it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it's amazing all what took place from there. And so what I want to hit, I see our time's flying, but I want to, and I'm going to have these, uh, I want to go through 11 effects of the upper room. What the upper room, the upper room is where they waited. The Holy Spirit came there and I'm just going to go through them because the Lord said with what I'm releasing on the planet right now, everywhere. Every, everything, everywhere, and all at once. He's like, these 11 dynamics are going to be released as well right now. And, and so it can be, you know, confusing even to hear the first one we're going to tell you about. And so the first one, it was confusion. And I put the, the scripture there for every one of them, Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 6. Because you think people say, no, where the Holy Spirit is, there is no confusion. Well, the Holy Spirit was released. And then it says, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So that theory that if the Holy Spirit shows up, you won't be confused is not true. Because if he is letting you know that you've been operating to fake news, a fake reality, fake perception, then what he brings in is, is going to be, as, as he brings in this presence of the Holy Spirit, and this new day, this new upper room day, there's confusion. We won't state, we're just going to go quick. This The next thing we read in Acts chapter 2, or verse 7, is amazement. Because it says, and then they were all amazed. They were all amazed by what took place. And what is it that's been affected? Everybody, the speaking has been affected. On the tops of everyone, they have tongues of fire on the head. So he's interrupted controlled speech and controlled media. And he's releasing on fire speech. And so there is amazement. And then it says, it goes with it. And, and when they were at May and Marvel, saying to, to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? So Galileans, you know, there's like they could be saying, are not all these who are speaking, um, I don't know if we want to say rednecks, country boys, uh, something that would be despised in some kind of way. And how is it that we hear each in our own language, which we were born, and it tells all the places they had come from, Egypt, Lydia, uh, Libya, uh, Mesopotamia, et cetera, et cetera. So if we understand the original outpouring was the supernatural ability to speak in real languages. It wasn't just, you know, a stuttering language that we often get when we first receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So those are three things that happened immediately, confusion, amazement, and marvel. And, and so, and, and there's marveling uh, because, well, we're going to get to that in just, in just a moment, actually. 
<clears throat> so then the next one is boldness. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, and it actually says it over and over in, in, in different places. But Acts 4, 13, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Now, who is this that marveled? Who's marveled is the rulers, the elders, the scribes, the high priest, uh, the families of the high priest. They're like, something has happened. These untrained, uneducated men. Again, there's this marveling as well, but there's boldness. The same guy who's denying Christ will say, no, I don't know him just days before, which is Peter is now facing, uh, um, facing, you know, the possibility of death just by saying the words he's been saying. Number five, non-compliance with religion or the religious spirit. So the verse I have for you there is Acts chapter four and verse 18. And verse 18, so they called them and commanded them not to speak. What does that mean? Like mask attempt. So this was the, the who and who was the one that called them and told them not to? It's the elders, the rulers, the scribes, the high priests at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So they have been anointed to disobey authority, disobey, you know, what we mm -hmm. taught that at the scripture, we act like the scripture says you should follow all the rules that government gives. The, when the Holy Spirit poured out, the first thing they knew they were to do is we're going to be agents of truth and we're going to tell it like it is and non-compliance. So they were stirred into non-compliance. Number six, miracles, signs and wonders. And so, you know, about miracles, signs, and wonders and um then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So this is, it said several times, we want to understand what are the effects of an upper room? Why am I telling you? The Holy Spirit says, release this outrageous prophetic word that the whole earth, this is a global upper room dynamic, is about to take place. And it's going to be everything, everywhere, and all at once that it's made available. Not just a spot. It's going to be available everywhere. I don't even know what it means, everything, everywhere, and all at once. But that's what he's saying to say, and that it's an outrageous prophetic word. Number seven, they were strengthened in God's sovereignty. Now, why am I saying that? And I'm just going to say it. You can look at the scriptures later, because what happens is you start hearing about the enemy and all he's doing. This is happening right now. You don't get strengthened in God's sovereignty. There's a real um, kind of an orphan spirit Christianity going out there, even by our own spirit filled camp and people who know the prophetic, whereas like um, we're on our own, you know, we're not. And I'm just going to read the, the Acts 17 one because I feel like the Holy Spirit's let me know that that's an important one to point out right now. 1726. And this is uh, when Paul stands up to speak in Athens. And he says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined, he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as some of also your own prophets have said. But he's, he's making it known, and what the other verse as well, remind us 
And what the upper room reminds us of is of his sovereignty, the exact time of the outpouring. It was exactly when the day of Pentecost, exactly 50 days after the resurrection. And so we've lost a little bit. We lose more and more of this sense of his sovereignty. We start being in this, we get tinier and tinier. Our God is tinier and tinier. And it's like, we got to figure out how to be, you know, we're going to, we're going to have to figure out how to be survivors here because this thing's coming on us. And there's no, there's no figuring out how to be survivors. It's you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come on you. So number eight, non-compliance with civil authority. So they, they began disobedience to religious authority. Uh, or that's what they got anointed for. And then they got anointed from the upper room in Acts chapter five and verse 29. I'll read that now. It says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so this was this was something we saw a lot during the masking uh, mandates that were and how churches and church pastors and leaders responded. Jesus would want us to do this. Jesus would want us to bow to these ordinances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And just to get the context, um, verse 27, when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and tend to bring this man's blood on us. And that's where Peter said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We lost Love that. It. We lost that. The church did a bad mm. job two years of, of what we'll call the COVID scamdemic, scamdemic. And so we want to regain that. We need an upper room, a global upper room for the body of Christ so that that's not the consideration. Number nine, we know that a big part of it, and this is reported over and over, is generosity and sharing. And so this is something that's coming as well. So as part of this prophetic declaration, reminder of what the upper room brought, it wasn't just people speaking in tongues, but it brought movement of all kinds of important matters. It says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as as anyone had need. And this is over and over, it's brought up this sharing, this generosity that took place because of the Holy Spirit outpouring. And this is an important thing coming up. Number 10, unity and one accordness. Um, Acts 4.32, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had, they had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection so this is not being idealistic this is this is really a result of the holy spirit pouring out through his sons and daughters and this was something he did in measure but that was the seed they were the seed generation they they weren't even 0.001% of the population and now we have uh, fully one in every 10 people on planet earth says i'm filled with the holy spirit that's the last okay. numbers i got one, one tenth and, and one third, uh, one half to one third um, say I'm a follower of Jesus. So this is now hard time for these things. We go into the new kingdom era at this time. So unity, one accordness, and then 11, 
and we're going to have a time. We'll talk in the future, do a whole program on, on it, on Steve. In fact, some of these, the Lord's like, I want to do a whole program moving forward uh, on these. But the fear of God protects the flame. And so this is this, you know, you all know the story, Ananias and Sapphira. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. You know, it it starts out Ananias, Sapphira. They're selling possessions. They're doing what other people, they kept back part of the proceeds. They only just kept back part. Uh, So there was some partial truth. And then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And you've held back part. So he dies before him. Three hours later, his wife comes and she does the same thing. So, so you conspired together to tell these half truths. And how have you agreed to test the spirit of the Lord? And immediately she fell down at his feet. And, and that's verse 10. And the young man came in, found her dead, carrying, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. Verse 11. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. And then verse 14, it talks about believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then it also goes on to tell us that uh, verse 13, yet none of the rest dared join them. There is the, the move of God, the flame of his spirit was protected by the fear of the Lord. And it tells us that two or three times, even there was encounters with the demonic and there was the Holy Spirit. There was something so pure that was happening. And, and that's a whole conversation we're going to have. But the church has lost uh, the fear of the Lord. The, and, and, and it's not supposed to be in a bad way. But we've gotten way, as Bobby Connors would say, we've become, we've become way, way too familiar with the God we barely know in some yeah. way. Yeah. And, it, and that's what the Lord showed me. He says, what protected what I had. What protected the move of the spirit there was the fear of the Lord. This is not fun and games. This is not half truths. This is this is not the way you do. This is not images, everything. This is something different. And he is going to release amazing things at this time. Johnny, so, can, I, can I comment real quick before yeah. you, you move on? The, the one thing on the confusion, the very first one, there's different categories of confusion. You know, there's witchcraft confusion. There's all kinds of there's people fighting. That's the confusion. But the confusion in context, and this is I wrote this down just now. It says this is not this is the kind of confusion. This is not anything I've seen or been taught or heard or believed or experienced or felt. That's the kind of confusion, right? They're going, wait a minute. I have zero context for what's happening right now. Would that be pretty accurate? The kind of confusion? It is, and we're gonna get and as we go to uh, 11 corrections to the church that are coming, well, I'll just hit it and I'll follow up, pick back up right where you're talking about. Because now that slide number two, if you can put up, what were the, and it's a restatement, what were the 11 corrections to the church? And they tie in with exactly the, um, the 11 uh, um, effects of the upper room. So what were the corrections? Dead order. So status quo. So the confusion was uh, it brought in a a whole new status quo. The status quo is the Holy Spirit can move and change everything. They had uh, they had all kinds of new realities instantly birthed. You have people who supposedly are are backwards rednecks. And yet, let me do that right. They they can um, 
they can carry on a conversation. You have Peter then preaching to 3,000 people shortly thereafter. And so you have a whole new reality. So you're confused because the old reality is out. We're kind of seeing that right now in that we realize that we've been lied to about everything. That's part of those mm. who've been red-pilled in a way. It's like, yeah. oh, my, oh, my goodness. And so we're in confusion even as to, as we look back, we, you know, we, we're hearing different perspectives of the Titanic, what happened, of World War One, what happened, World War Two, what happened, the landings of the moon, what happened, 911, what happened. And so there is confusion as, as clarity. See, the first step towards the new order, the new wineskin comes in, but it busts out the old wineskin. And so the old wineskin, once you don't no longer have that point of reference, the first response is like what you're just saying, Steve, it's confusion. What has been, you know, what is, what is uh, baseline here? What is ground zero here for what, what we're doing? So here are the corrections uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, dead order. Another way to say it, all this, what is dead order? Presumption of reality, presumption mm. of what is religiously correct. And that was what was interrupted because they had laid out, they had rules for everything. They had rules upon rules upon rules for mm. temple worship, how you go there, where you go, what time you go, when you go, everything. And then we have, uh, you know, as we know, the first thing, we didn't even make a point there, um, but these men are not drunk as you suppose. So there was a supposition that men were drunk as the Holy Spirit came in. So these are corrections the Holy Spirit is bringing to the church, but he does throw, does through, does this through an upper room experience. Indifference. You know, we, we were telling you that the amazement is what came in. The effects of the upper, if you looked at these together, you can look at them yourself mm. later, but we're saying they were amazed. They're amazed because he's breaking indifference. And then they marveled. Why do they marvel? Because it's not normal. Normalness and normality was being uh, corrected and knocked out. The boldness, we said number four, the boldness came in. What is that dealing with? Timidity. Um, the timidity that we we saw over the last couple of years. Number five, uh, non-compliance with the religious spirit, with religion. Uh, what has what what has to be corrected? The compliance to religious spirit that's been taking place in the body of Christ, to religion and the religious spirit. It's just kind of another way of saying the first part of what I was saying, but making it clear. So number mm. six, miracle signs and wonders were coming in. So what is it correcting? Miracle signs and wonders begin to eliminate disease and debt specifically. Miracles, signs and wonder, because as they would as they would go into what those signs and wonders were, they were healing people in a supernatural way and then provision coming in a supernatural way and debt being overcome in a supernatural way. That's the correction coming uh, to the church. Number seven, where he's strengthening the idea of God's sovereignty, whether it's a big God, what is that? What does that correct? It corrects the orphan mindedness I was talking about. Well, we're here alone, survival mindedness. We're going to do this. We've got to figure out how to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or we're all mm. going to get crushed and run over. That's not that's not the church, the empowered church of Jesus Christ. And then I had the number eight of the effects of upper room were noncompliance with civil authority. What is that correct? Idolatry to government. Um, that was exposed. This idolatry to government where people actually, uh, uh, despite 
obvious proof that you should not be trusting him, trusting them. They, you know, churches everywhere. Yes, our government has told us this vaccine is good for us, despite the fact that all kinds of doctors who are being knocked off social media are telling us, no, it's not good for you. So we're trusting government even above thousands of doctors. Now we have frontline doctors, 19,000 of them still have to operate in the shadows, supposedly. And the church is the one pushing even still uh, obedience to government, despite the people who know saying, no, this has been devastating. This has been killing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So idolatry to government. Yes, there's a, you know, respect, honor, authority within bounds. But clearly the bounds were laid out in Acts chapter two uh, and the bounds of the Holy Spirit are you do not be compliant with what is death. So um, number nine, there was generosity and sharing was going to be activated. So what does that cure? Selfishness and frugality. Sometimes frugality, uh, it looks like you're just being frugal, but it is selfishness. And why Mm. why does that get corrected? How does Why does generosity and sharing come in when the Holy Spirit comes in in a powerful way? Because you lose fear. You lose fear about the future. The Holy Spirit came in and then they were no longer afraid about the future. Mm. So they sold their homes and were giving their money, you could say, recklessly Mm. in in, in kinds of ways. And so this is this is what we're Mm. we're looking to um, uh, to to be. This is the part of us being set free while he's rescuing us. So he was rescuing the church there as well, but he was rescuing them with an inward release of the Holy Spirit, um, which came like a mighty, mighty rushing wind. Number uh, number 10, I said unity and one accordness are the effects of the upper room. Of course, that takes out division and dissension. It's the only way people want to uh, stop being divided and stop having dissent in order for the Holy Spirit to come. But you really need him to come in order for there to be the division and dissent loss. He puts us on, he draws us into a bigger picture. So you had these people that would normally be at each other's throats. They're from many nations and there would normally be <coughs> dissent. You know, even the Jewish mind, that's part of what they'll tell you. Go to Israel. It's like if there are 10 Jewish men in a room, there'll be 11 opinions there. They're opinionated and all that. But then the spirit of God comes and all of a sudden they find there's a, there's a place to be in one accord. Our king, his kingdom healing, salvation, deliverance, freedom. These are the things that drive us together. And then finally, the fear of God comes in. What is that correct? The familiarity with God that we're talking about where we've, uh, where we've, lost, um, we've lost our bearings a little bit. And there's a whole conversation we're going to have about that uh, in the future where we're not going to embrace the legalism that comes in from it. But um, the book of Jude is just a powerful book that goes into him addressing. He was Jesus' brother, and he warned about what was coming into the church, what was defiling uh, the church. Even in the early stages was those who just felt like they could. It's essentially you make up, you know, you do as you want. You do as you want, and then you take communion because you're uh, because you're forgiven. And so it's, it's the greasy grace. It's no longer grace to sustain you. It's grace. You count on grace. And so if you, you do whatever you feel like. And so that's that's something, again, that's a correction. that doesn't come from teaching. It's a correction that comes from the Holy Spirit coming through. So um, this is my announcement from the Holy Spirit, um, Steve, is that he's coming and he's coming 
and he's going to hit everything, everywhere, and all at once. The whole world is about to become an upper room, and this is part of the transition. This is part of the way the Holy Spirit is coming in uh, to rescue us. It sounds like the Holy Spirits are God's, God's version of shock and awe. You know, we used to talk about shock and awe as we invaded another country. Shock and awe is just over-the-top, explosive. No one can get away. This is for everyone. That can cover whatever it is. Nobody's going to get out of this without this. You know, I'd love to be in one of those countries at the moment that all hits. But it sounds like when you, when you listed those countries, Johnny, were those four countries, including China and India and Philippines, and now you're saying everywhere all at once. Are you saying it'll hit them, but it'll still hit us? It's going to be everywhere available. And this is why even getting from the Holy Spirit right now, it's like the whole world will be available as an upper room and that this is going to be his answer to the darkness and to the dark side. And yeah, you have to, what did you have to do to experience the upper room? You have to turn aside. You have to turn aside um, for it, but there's going to be explosions in particularly those four countries, China, India, Indonesia, the Philippines. And I think they're already going on in places nobody knows, in meetings. And again, there's just reality that we usually wait for something to happen. I say we wait for it to happen in a stadium or on TV or in some known ministry. This is not where these things happen. The explosion, the upper room experiences, you know, that was just that was not the synagogue. It wasn't the temple. It wasn't a public place. It was an upper room. And so these upper rooms where people gather, but he's going to begin to release uh, his presence and power. Then if you just read, you want to encourage yourself. You know, you read the book of Acts. Oh, I know the last verse um, I had to I had to do. Acts 17, 6. Because um, this is after, you just see, it, it, it was unstoppable. Yeah, it was the 12 disciples. Then even the guy who's attacking them, the, you know, the, the terrorist that was killing them, Saul becomes Paul. And even he gets turned around is advancing. And then there's just story after story after story of different ones moving in presence and power, and then the Lord reaching uh, people everywhere. And then Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, the second half, and we'll just go, it says, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. There was the Jews that were... um, warring against we'll say those who are advancing the kingdom message and it was these who have turned the world upside down within days of the upper room experience these are now called those who have turned the world upside down this is what the lord has those who will turn the world upside down. They were unknown. They were all unknown. They were despised. They were small. They were Galilean. And then it went from one to another to another. And then there was all kinds of supernatural stories attached to it. We would not know about it if it wasn't written, you know. Uh, you have Philip being taken in the spirit and going, travel, traveling somewhere else and being brought back and and supernatural things happening everywhere. Now, this sounds uh, too good to be true. It's like, I'm telling you this, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to say it again. It's an outrageous prophetic word. But here in 2023, he is the whole world 
is becoming, or he said, the whole world becomes the upper room, 2023. And it's everything, everywhere, and all at once. In other words, it's just available at any time, everywhere. Don't wait. Don't wait for another prophetic word for it, whatever. It's him. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the game. He's the game changer. And the all governments, if you look from the time of Acts to the outpouring, it bumped against government, but it's kept saying they feared the people. They feared the people. They would beat them, put them in prison, and, the, and then the Holy Spirit would come and release them from prison. But it was this reality, even under oppressive culture, even under a you know, triply oppressed from the Romans, from Herod, and from the, the, the religious thing. It's, it, they, there was this, this re, repeat line, they feared the people. They feared because the people were responding to those bringing the presence and the power and freedom. And so even under that type of reality, everything changed. So this is what's available mm -hmm. to us right now. And, and I believe we're going to begin to get these reports and they're going to encourage us because we're not supposed to go to our brains. We're not supposed to go into survival mode. We're not supposed to get into uh, thinking how, you know, I'm fine. Guns, it's not it's not an anti uh, any amendment type statement at all. But our answer for the future is really this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit that mm. becomes available this is how the whole earth goes to Habakkuk 2.14. The whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. This is to be connected with what he's been instructing us, that we are to be salt and light, not just this Holy Spirit is not the, the new thinking. Is It's not just for church meetings, church services. It's not just to have that there. This is now to fill the reality of Monday through Friday. If you follow the disciples, you read what they, what they did in Acts. It went into business. It went into everything. You know, Paul develops his own business and then Priscilla and Aquila and they're making money uh, and they're having successful business. And they announced that a famine's coming, it says. And so the disciples gave from their money for those who were going to be affected by the famine. So there's a whole financial, real world, real life affecting through the Holy Spirit coming, not just to be hid in a bushel uh, anymore. So anyway, I'm on fire. I'm on fire with this, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to have you pray in a second. I just I have these pictures going through my head of like someone in the West Coast whose home group, everyone ends up on the floor under the power of the Holy Spirit, and they call their friend the next morning. In, in Florida, for instance, and they'll say, did you feel that last night? Yeah, us too. We all ended up on the floor. Uh, everywhere, all at once, it's like nobody can get away. Literally everywhere at the same moment. So, I mean, it, it's, I think it's more literal than people are taking it. So, anyway, so, Johnny, do you feel like praying for the people for a moment or a few moments? Or? Sure thing, sure thing. And and we will pick up, it still connects to, you know, a chapter for the year is Psalms 23. And this really all ties into last week, we'll be tired. We talked about people are asking, how are you going to be bolder? How are you going to be brave? How are you going to be big? It's the Holy, Holy Spirit. And then how is he going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies? And this is how this is how this happens. This is what happened for the disciples. They had tables prepared before their enemies everywhere, all over the place. As the glory of God came in, the presence and power and fire came out. So it's something like we haven't seen before. So, Holy Spirit, thank yeah. you for what you're saying. We agree with you. I agree with you. Mm. And Lord, it's I don't even have mm. full 
mental capacity to process what's everything, everywhere, and all at once. But let that be released right now. Everything, everywhere, and all at once. Lord, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, that which you told your disciples to wait for, even though you had personally discipled them for three and a half years, you're like, that's yeah. not enough. That's not enough. You're not going to be able to go against the strength of what's operating in society, the darkness that's in society, if you don't carry me. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would release that. Some who have heard for the first time, maybe even about the Holy Spirit, and those who have heard about the Holy Spirit, even received some measure of it before, Lord, I hear you're saying there is new wine. It's like the song, uh, I heard it from uh, one of the Hillsong singers. Her name is Brooke something. And, and, and it where, where there is new wine, there is new power. So there is a new wine. There is okay. a new wine for the assignment of the day. It was a different assignment. That was the starter church. This is the church that takes us into showtime for the kingdom of God on planet Earth. And so there is yeah. a new wine. And where there is new wine, mm. there is new power. There is new presence. There is new glory. So let that be released to your sons and your daughters, Lord. Let it be released to your sons and daughters right now. Let it go beyond what we can imagine, even in everyone mm. um, processing, thinking, receiving this. Let there be surprise. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in China. Lord, let that be released. Anybody watching in China, let that fire be released. Let the yeah. upper room reality be released yes, to those, China, those who've been under oppression, those who have been under uh, uh, extreme control, Lord. And thank you for releasing that into India. Thank you for what you're doing in India. And Lord, just uh, setting entire villages as it were on fire with your Holy Spirit, where it's the talk of the whole region. Thank you. That's something uh, happening or about to happen as well. In Indonesia, thank you again, Lord, a place where kingdoms clash, where kingdoms clash in India, Lord. I thank you that that's a place where you're releasing now uh, um, this new upper room reality. And, and even just even today, something uh, powerful going going on there. And Lord, the Philippines as well. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing there. And this becomes available. Uh, we could just go nation after nation after nation. But you brought those four uh, to mind. And Lord, we just thank you for mm -hmm. what you're doing in this day. We say you are greater. Our God is greater. You are greater than the challenges that exist in this yes, day. Sir. And I thank you for igniting us to be those who cooperate with the advancement of your kingdom on earth in our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Tell people where to get to your website, Johnny, how to get to that. Restore7.org. The number seven. The number seven, restore7.org. All right. Sounds, this is a uh, very, very deep, very, very amazing. That's good, Johnny. Johnny, really, really good. I'm, I'm glad we got a great signal all the way through once you put through your phone so you'll right probably have to do that at this location if you go there again yeah. all right everybody god bless let's see tomorrow remind me is roger stone on the prophets and patriots uh he's more and more on fire all the time both for the lord and for uh the united states and he's a total total patriot so blessings everybody thank you again johnny give her love to elizabeth and we will see you all tomorrow bye-bye amen this has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify.
Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.